You're listening to episode 2.28 of the Midlife Improvement Project. And on this week's episode, I'm chatting with my client and friend, Jennifer Hare. She is an accountant and a financial coach who has made big changes in her life and career in the last year. And we discuss in today's show. Let's go. Welcome to the Midlife Improvement Project, a podcast about what really matters as you negotiate midlife. Some might call this time of life a crisis, but I want to introduce you to the idea that it's an awakening. This is a time to listen to your soul, to find your purpose, to reflect on what you really want to do and be in the days that you have left here on planet Earth, and then write your own midlife manifesto. You are not less of yourself on the other side of midlife, you are more. This is a time to be celebrated, not tolerated. I'm your midlife wake-up coach, Dr. Peggy Malone. I am a healthcare provider turned life coach who helps women in midlife lean into the magic of being a woman as we head into the second half. I help you to decide where you want to go next with this one precious life and really claim all your big dreams and goals while caring less about what anyone else thinks about it. After all, if someone is going to be unhappy with your life, it shouldn't be you. In just a couple of months, I will turn 50. And as I head toward this milestone birthday, I want to use this podcast as my midlife manifesto. There will be no fading into the background and quietly living out my golden years with the assumption that my best years are behind me over here. I'm just getting started. I invite you to come with me. Listen in each week as I help you to wake up to what's possible for you in midlife as you learn to manage your mind, get curious about what got you here, and get clear about where you want to go next on the way to being an even better you. Let's get after it. Jennifer Hare is a chartered professional accountant and financial coach who helps others dig into their finances to become confident in their financial future. Her individualized approach to helping her clients achieve financial greatness allows her clients to get comfortable and confident in their financial path. Through regular coaching, she provides individuals and sole proprietors a safe space to get answers to their financial woes. With nearly 20 years of financial experience in several different industries, she has the financial knowledge to help you to create your version of financial success. Her passion for providing financial education has also led her to start hosting in-person workshops. Her current workshop is focused on tracking and budgeting household expenses with a plan to expand the workshops into sole proprietor finances and tax in the future. She lives in Elmer, Ontario, and she can often be found outside in her gardens on long walks with her dog or cycling with her husband. Often when people get to midlife, they've been in the hamster wheel of what they have been doing for work for a couple of decades, and they are on autopilot, counting down the days until they can retire. When you are in that place, especially if you are financially comfortable, it can seem like a gargantuan task to switch gears to start a whole new career endeavor. My guest today has done just that, and I'm excited that she is here to share her story and how coaching helped her to make the jump from the corporate world to life as an entrepreneur. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks, Peggy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be here, Peggy. Thank you. Okay, so today we're going to talk about you and money and coaching and life and all of the fun things. And I'm ready to jump in. How about you? Love it. I am ready. Ready. Let's go. Okay, so why don't we start off by you can tell the listeners a little bit about you, about who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Yeah, for sure. So um, I am a CPA. So for those who don't know what that is, that's a certified or a a chartered professional accountant. Um, I 
have been doing that now for almost 20 years. Um, I've worked in many different industries, public practice, as well as um, the controller and a couple different industries. Um, it was all great. Um, I found myself in positions for about five or six years before getting bored and moving on. Um, I have a real passion and I found this, um, you know, throughout my whole career, I always thought I would do something bigger and better maybe than a corporate job, but, um, you know, life happens and you need to pay the bills and do all the things. Um, so stuck with the corporate job where it felt safe and secure and, um, had done that for, like I said, almost 20 years. Um, recently, or I guess not so recently, about a year ago, um, I, sat down with my husband and made the decision to stick it out. Um, you know, like I had mentioned, I had kind of not jumped from job to job. I, I had done, you know, five years at a certain place. I would stay, stick around for five years. I felt like my time had been completed and I moved along. Um, so the five year itch was coming, um, about a year ago and my husband and I sat down and I thought, you know what, I can, I can make this work. I loved the people I worked with. Um, the job was great. It was changing. There was, you know, still challenges and stuff for me. Um, but I guess deep down, there was always this nagging thought that there was something bigger and more out there for me, but that security, like I just talked about with the corporate job had always kind of held me back. So a year ago, um, made the decision to stick it out. I was going to stick it out for another 10 or 15 years. I was going to get to that place where I could, you know, sock away a lot of money into um, for retirement, be able to retire early, which would have been fantastic, and then do the thing I really wanted to do. Then I would start um, doing a business of some description, uh, becoming an entrepreneur. So that was where I had decided a year ago that that's what I was going to do. I was going to plug away for another 15 years and and move forward. And that was well, the decision. Jen, when you say it like this, I'm, I'm going to like plug away at it and stick it out and uh -huh. do this thing until then I can have my dream 10 or 15 years from now. Like even when you're saying it out loud now, you can feel how that feels. And so can I, I'm sure everyone listening. I I can, I can feel it. You like right now, Peggy, even after, you know, coaching with you, I could feel it in my body right now as I'm saying it, like that draw and the, the, just, um, the weight, the weight of like, okay, for 15 more years, I can do yeah. this. Like I can do this. Um, and so again, like I said, made that decision and very quickly, uh, went back to my husband and said, so I know we had decided that I was going to stick it out for 15 more years, but I don't think I can do it. Um, and it's funny and I still, Peggy can't come up with the word serendipitous, ironic. I don't know what the word is. There's still not a great word for this. Um, but, uh, after I had decided to stick it out and plug through, um, somehow I was very quickly brought um, a business idea and not like somebody came to me with it. It was, I had left an appointment in St. Thomas one day, I hit a stop sign and I went financial coaching. That's what I want to do. It oh, got straight downloaded to you. It got straight downloaded to me after I had made the decision that I was going to put that on the shelf for 15 years. Um, and, and I haven't, I wouldn't say I haven't looked back because there have been many moments in the last 
six to nine months that I had made that decision where I thought, are you serious? Like, am I really doing this right now? (laughs) Because again, that security, like you had mentioned earlier, the security and safety of doing something that I had been doing for 20 years. Yes, maybe in different um, industries and different jobs, but I had been doing something that was fairly comfortable, right? You know, get up in the morning, go to work, have lunch, come home. Um, rinse and repeat five days a week. You know, everybody grinds till the weekend. And I had been doing that for so long that um, starting my own business and becoming an entrepreneur felt kind of scary and uh, very out of the norm. That's for sure. Well, and I remember when we first started talking before we started coaching together and I had shared my story about I really like my career. I love being a chiropractor. It's great. But I had this like itchy feeling that there's something else. And what am I waiting for? Which is how I got started into coaching. And it's sort of what sort of spawned the beginning of this podcast even. So you really resonated with that feeling of this is okay, but I have this feeling that there's something more. Absolutely. And I think Peggy, those were the exact words I think I used with you at some point in our coaching was that there was something more. I just felt like that there was more out there for me that, you know, what I was doing was great and I was adding value, but I just wasn't reaching my full potential. And I guess that's really the words that I would use now is I wasn't reaching my full potential. Um, and as scary as it was, um, I couldn't wait 15 more years to reach that potential. Like I couldn't, I just couldn't do it at the end of the day. That's what kind of pushed me to decide. Okay. So then then what happened next? What was next in this story? So after I had decided um, that I was no longer going to uh, plug through for 15 more years, um, I reached out to you as a coach because I knew I couldn't do this on my own. This is not the first time I had had the idea of starting a business. And I decided I wanted to hold myself accountable to it this time, that I wasn't just going to let myself off the hook and, um, you know, just have this wonderful idea and then go back into that vicious cycle where I'm going to go back to it's easy and what I know, because it's so easy to do that, right? We're conditioned almost to to stay in that. Um, and listening to your podcast just this morning, Peggy, I thought about the crabs in the bucket. And I know we talked about crabs in the bucket many, many times. And while other people can be our crabs trying to pull us back in the bucket, I think our brains are also the crabs pulling us back in the bucket because it is scary trying something new, going to a different industry or starting an, your own business or or anything, right? Um, where you're doing something different than you've been doing for a long time. Sure. Um, your brain just wants to keep you safe. And if it's if it feels like you're not safe, immediately that lizard part of your brain is like, I might die. So yeah. we had to do a lot of work on reminding you that you were safe. We we spent a lot of time reminding me that I was safe. Especially and I think um I, I don't know if my brain just offers this, but as a financial person, my brain very often went back to the money part of it, right? Um, You know, when you work a corporate job, you feel safe. Your paychecks come every two weeks or month or however often you get paid. You don't have to think a lot about it, which is fantastic. When you decide to make a change or a shift to an entrepreneurial world or even a different industry, that safety goes away. So for me, finances was a big safety thing. Um, It is for most people, isn't it? I think it is. I really think it is. I mean, we're also conditioned, right? That money is cash is king and, you know, finances are everything. Um, So we often fall into that rabbit hole too of not doing something because it's scary, but it's also that financial reason, right? So I think we often hit that point too, where 
Um, we don't make a decision because what about the financial impact? And I told people for a long time that I was doing this not for a financial reason. And I, I look back now and I think it was almost just to let myself off the hook. Um, so that, you know, I, I was consciously telling myself it was okay. I wasn't doing this for a financial reason. I was doing it for other reasons and that was okay. Um, but coaching with you, Peggy, like really helped my brain move around. Um, a lot of the thoughts I had, right, about the security of a corporate job and um, the insecurity of an entrepreneurial role. Um, and it really helped me to start questioning some of those beliefs that I had for 20 years that, you know, corporate jobs were secure and entrepreneurial roles were not. Um, and that 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 really helped. It also really helped in the sense of as I'm, you know, talking this out, it also really helped too that um I don't need my finances to be a certain way to be secure, right? So they didn't have to fall into a certain role to be secure. Um, and that's something I work now with with my clients on exactly that thought pattern of, um, you know, that maybe what you have is enough. You know, we, we're so conditioned in, in society to say that having enough means X, but does it really, it doesn't mean that for everybody. Everybody's a little different, right? So um, yeah, that's something that I really gained the benefit of coaching with you, Peggy, is to to start to challenge some of those fear thoughts when they come up. Oh my goodness. We can go so many directions with this, but and I want to kind yeah. of stick a pin here because I want to come back to talking about money as a resource. Mm -hmm. But first, you mentioned your client. So why don't you just share a little bit about what is it that you're doing now? What's your new endeavor? What's going on? Who do you mm -hmm. help the work? Tell us everything. Yeah. So um, I, I financially coach with um, individuals and sole proprietors. Um, I, I do some corporate, but really where my um, focus is, is on the individuals and sole proprietors, giving them financial tools to be able to succeed in their businesses. So many people, um, if we talk about the sole proprietor role, so many people have these awesome ideas, um, fantastic services or goods that the world needs. Um, but unfortunately, not everybody is financially sound or understands finances to the, the degree that you need to, to be able to run the business and understand it. Um, so that's what I do with my clients is I, you know, dig in and help them um, either reframe their brains about what some of the fears that are coming up. Um, I also help them get tools and get clear on the impacts of financial decisions that they're making. Um, you know, we talk about cash flow, we talk about budgets, we talk about tracking. Um, uh, for, and that that actually goes over to individuals as well, because a household, if you think about it, really is just a small business, right? Or um, a sole proprietor. So it really is just that. And oftentimes um, our brains offer us that it's too much work to track or it's too much effort or there's no benefit to it. Um, and I help my clients not only learn how to track, but also to to change their thoughts about money um, on, from that standpoint too. This is what I love, right? It's it's one of those things where we kind of all know what to do, but we haven't been taught how to think about it. So when we change our thoughts, then that changes how we do it, which is yeah, is awesome. I love it. And yeah, also, so. just so everyone knows, I hired Jennifer as my coach too. So <laughs> uh, my finances are about to get in better order. So yay! So yes, I'm looking forward to working with you in in this coming year. 
Awesome. Um, awesome. I want to just come back to, uh, we talked about money as a resource. So I've just been introduced to this book by a guy called Bill Perkins. And I'll put this in the show notes. And the book is called Die With Zero. And his whole premise in the book is that we have three resources and they are money, time, and health. And all of us have been conditioned, as you said, to really focus on the money being the most important. And what happens is people go through life and they use up their health and they use up their time in order to get more money. And the whole goal is not more money. The whole goal is to have more fulfillment in life. It's to be happy and love your life. So I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on when you think about for yourself and also for your clients, time and health and money, how have those things and how they interplay affected your decision to move from that hamster wheel of the corporate world to where you are now? Yeah. So I'll I'll talk about from my standpoint first, but that was something I know that that really resonated with me. I can almost name the date, Peggy, that we talked about this whole thought that time was a resource and that I needed to budget my time accordingly. And, And when I remember Peggy telling me there's 168 hours in a week and how are you spending it? And I went, like all the light bulbs went off. And I know part of it is because my financial brain and the numbers and, you know, it putting it all into to place. But when she said that to me, I will never forget. Or Peggy, like when you said that to me, I will never forget the light bulb going off that I have been uh, on some level wasting those hours, not reaching my full potential. And that's when a real shift happened for me that I recognized, um, again, like I said, I I loved my corporate job. I loved where I was working. I loved the people, but I just didn't feel fulfilled. Um, And that was the biggest problem for me. So then that's when I started to realize that I wasn't using my hours to the maximum capacity that I could be using them. I was spending 40 hours a week in a corporate job with people I liked and a job I I enjoyed doing, but I didn't feel like it was as much as it could be. So I, I feel like I could have spent those 40 hours differently um, to better fulfill my purpose. Um, And it's the same thing with health, right? I mean, I talk to people all the time that tell me um, that they, you know, are are working a job that they're not loving and that, um, you know, they're getting sick all the time or stress. I mean, we all know the impacts of stress on our health. Um, And those two things we, we do, we, as a society, we focus on the money piece of it. Um, at a detriment to our health and our time. I mean, there's so many people, I have friends that, you know, run businesses or, or whatnot, and they can't make it to a kid's activity at night because they're too busy working to get ahead, to get a dollar, an extra dollar. Um, and very quickly, I've realized that where I kept saying that this was not a financial decision to leave my corporate job and do this entrepreneurial role, I am making right now significantly less than I was making in a corporate role, but I'm happier. I'm more fulfilled. And I recognize I, I just crazily, I guess, my finances aren't suffering. We're not having to scrimp and save the way I thought we were going to, um, which is really an interesting impact. Um, for me anyway, it was a really big thing because again, I mean, my brain works around money and finances, right? Like, so when I started to recognize that I could be fulfilled in the other two areas that we're talking about time and, and um, health, I'm more fulfilled in those areas. And my money part is not suffering. 
that was a huge realization for me. And that's just been over the last month or so that I've started to recognize that um, I'm happier. Like, I can't tell you the number of times that I get people saying like, wow, your smile is just way bigger than it used to be. Um, and I feel that. I really do. Amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and from a client perspective, Peggy, I've had clients too that I've worked with um, that, again, thought they were going to have to work part-time jobs and, you know, they needed to make more money with the cost of everything, right? I mean, I am sure that there's a lot of people listening and thinking, okay, but this could never be the case for me because groceries are up and heat and hydro is up and rent is up and all the expenses are just getting so high with inflation. Um one of my clients said, I'm going to have to get a part-time job. And my question back was, but do you? And many of us don't spend time actually tracking what our income and expenses are. And that alone, once you start to dig into, you know, what you're actually spending your money on um, and, and how much money is actually coming in, sometimes you can realize that by just making a couple of tweaks in areas that you don't care a whole lot about anyway, um, you can find that you have a lot of extra money that you didn't realize that you had. Because um, we're just kind of on autopilot, right? Running and doing the things because, you know, the media or the neighbors or whoever are are doing these things. So we're doing them too. Um, yeah. So I, I um, we were talking about it earlier. There's a new show on Netflix. Highly recommend How to Get Rich by Ramit. I can't remember his last name. Ramit Sethi, I think his last name That's is. That's yeah. it. Ramit Sethi. I highly recommend li like listening to him. And he has a line in his show that I watched that said, spend like crazy on the stuff you love and save like crazy on the stuff you don't. And that Amazing was advice. That's really cool. impactful, right? Yeah. So that's what I work with my clients doing is figuring out where, you know, where do you love? Like what parts of your life do you love? Do you want to go on vacation every year? That's awesome. Do it. But do you not care about like what your clothes look like? Well, then don't buy name brand clothes. Right. And that's how you can kind of find that balance. And maybe you don't need to spend more of your time working. Maybe you can spend less of your time working and just making more conscious decisions with your money. Yeah. Well, and that comes back to like finding that balance between time and health and money and getting experiences instead of things to, in order to like increase your level of fulfillment in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for some people, it is that too, right? Like some people just want the things and that's great. Um, Cause then you should buy on the things if that's right. I, I think sometimes we shift to, to that, you know, um, to exclude the people that want the nice stuff, right? If you really care about your clothes, then you should spend like crazy on your clothes, right? But if you really don't care about going on vacation, then don't spend on vacations. Um, yeah, so it's a balance and every person's different. So. Oh my goodness, I love it. Okay, so um, this show, of course, is now called the Midlife Improvement Project. So do you think that there are important things that people can do for their finances or should be thinking about for their finances, especially in this season of life? Yeah, I think the that most of the time we're very conditioned to you get to midlife and you've got to start focusing on that retirement. You got to focus on stopping the income flow from work, um, which is fantastic. And, and people will often just jump right into like, I got to save for retirement. I got to save for retirement. But what I believe you really need to do is if you're not already doing it, you got to start tracking. And I alluded to it a little bit earlier. You really got to start tracking where your money's going. Um, because that to me is step one in any 
any change financially, um, you really got to start tracking and understanding where you're going. Um, and then you can start making decisions, right? Um, you know, maybe it's paying down your debt so that you don't have debt moving into retirement and debt could be mortgages, credit cards, lines of credit, whatever that debt is. Um, and, and you can get to savings. I often find people trying to do a little bit of everything, paying down a little bit of debt, paying down or starting to save a little bit extra money for retirement and really starting to stress about that. But I think oftentimes we get very scattered um, trying to do all the things all at once. So what I recommend to people is get right down to basics and start tracking your expenses, start figuring out where your money's going, and then you can make a change from there. This reminds me of even when I start coaching relationship with any client at the beginning, we got to figure out where are you right now before we figure out where you're going. It's like when you walk into the mall and there's that sign that says you are here. If you just yes. walk in the mall, you might eventually run around and find the gap. But if you don't know where you're starting, it's hard to know where to go, right? 100%. So, yeah. Same thing, and I think you're right. It's very important to start with, okay, what's the actual situation here? And I think even we did that with you at the very beginning of your coaching relationship around yeah. your money, which was ironic. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I remember that, Peggy, because you said, okay, well, how much do you need? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no <laughs> idea what I need. And it was so funny because I was doing all the tracking and I was doing those things, but then I had never taken it to the next step to decide where can I actually cut or what doesn't matter or whatever. I just had always just decided that we needed to stay where we were because our money all had a job. Um, so the money I was making before, it all had a job. But then I had to start re-looking at it. Did, did those jobs still make sense? Did it, right? Did it still make sense? So it, it was That's huge. Cool. But that goes back to Peggy. I remember you talking about the be, do, have model. Um, and I don't know if you've talked about it in a podcast, but it really comes back down to who do you want to be, right? Yeah. So where where are you now and who do you want to be? Um, and that was really impactful for me during our coaching um, is you know, I, I kept focusing on who, who do I want to be and where do I want to get to um, by being somebody different. That was really, really something for me. Amazing. Um, if there's someone listening who is considering a career change, what would be the first piece of advice you would give them? Oh, I would say don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Find somebody or somebody uh, somebody or something that can help you move forward. So for me, it was you. Um, it was you as a, as a coach to help me move forward. Cause like I said earlier, I, I couldn't hold myself accountable. I had been talking about this for 20 years and just couldn't make that next step. So that is the thing. Don't sit too long with it in your head. Find somebody that you can start articulating it with because that fear creeps in so fast. Like when I talked about that stop stops light moment where I like had the idea it was literally within 10 days I had met with you Peggy because I knew that if I had let it go any further my fear brain was going to creep in and tell me all the reasons why I shouldn't or couldn't do this um and as I've learned through coaching we don't should on each on ourselves that's so. right that's right <laughs> so I, I do if you have this inclination that you want to make a change um I highly recommend reaching out to somebody to help you um, go through and really start to dig through what are the fears, what's holding you back. Um, and then does this make sense? And again, for not everybody, maybe it doesn't make sense. Um, right. Again, maybe there's just an idea in your head and, and whatever, maybe the fear is real. Um, but for, for others, maybe that career change is what you need to bring your light to the rest of the world. 
oh, what a nice way to say it. And I think that's absolutely true for you. I'm so excited for you in this new endeavor. Um, Thank you. We've talked a bit about your career, but I want to like just add this little piece to it because I think this is an yes. important part of your growth through this process. So I've heard it said, and I believe that it's true, that when a woman puts herself first, everyone else around her benefits. So this yes. often sounds very counterintuitive to a lot of women, but I want to know what happens in your brain when I say that now compared to how it would have felt or how you would have heard it a year ago. Yeah. So now when I hear that, I say, heck yeah. Heck yeah. Like, of course, when I'm happier and fulfilled, then everybody else around me benefits because I just want to lean into all the things and I'm willing to do some of the hard things in relationships or whatever else not. Um, a year ago, I would have been like, well, yeah, I kind of know that's true. But if I don't do, you know, the things for everybody else, it's just not going to get done. Um, and I, I have, it's hard, right? Depending on what your life looks like and what your relationships look like, whether you have a, you know, a home with, you know, children running around and elderly parents to take care of and the spouse and all the things, um, it, it's a lot, right? And we are designed even, even kind of a little bit going back to the career, Peggy, like I felt very obligated at work to do the things for work. So I provided a lot of effort, a lot of my time, even when I wasn't at work. And I am sure that there are many women listening that can relate to this for sure, that even when you left that job, you didn't actually leave the job. And when you left your family to go to the job, you didn't actually leave your family. So we as women often are running both personal and jobs like corporate jobs at the exact same time, 24 seven. Yeah. I often say it's like your brain has been hijacked by everybody around you and it's the hard drive that holds all the information for everybody else. And then it doesn't have any room for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to share the story of, of when I challenged you to be selfish and what that word felt like when I first challenged you? To oh, be that was probably the hardest challenge we did um, as this whole coaching thing. Uh, it, Yeah, for sure. That was the hardest challenge for me was to... <laughs> find minutes. And I literally mean minutes to spend on something just for me. First of all, it felt wrong. That word selfish just felt like a very dirty word. Um, and, and that's what I had to overcome was that realizing being selfish was not wrong. Um, and taking time for me was not wrong at all, but it, it did. I, I had a lot of excuses. I think it took me almost an entire week. I had put it in my calendar, but then there was reasons why I shouldn't do it. Um, and I, I, I finally did. And it comes back to, and I know it's cliche. It's that air mask, right? In the airplane, put yeah. your mask on first and you can't help it. Like then you can help everybody else, but it changed everything, taking that few minutes for myself. And I actually, I still struggle with it, but I actually have put it in my calendar every day for an hour. I have an appointment with myself now. Oh, I love um, it. Oh, I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah. But it was, oh, Peggy, that was the hardest thing I did through the whole coaching program. Like, oh yeah. Starting the business was way easier than trying to find time for just me to take care of me. But the, those two things are very interconnected, right? The fact that you did this is because you wanted something different and you wanted to feel better and more fulfilled. And 
putting yourself first is going to help you do that. It's so important for so many women to hear this and to hear how you struggled with it. And they probably do too. Every woman that I meet struggles with this. It's been conditioned to put everyone else first. So I'm very glad that you have this as a practice now. It's so good for you. And ultimately, and some might say ironically, for all those around you as well. Well, Absolutely it is, right? And I, I think about that too, right? Like going back to the even the business part, like I can't show up for my clients if I am drained from everything else, right? Um, and that that's the biggest thing. Even in the coaching calls, I mean, I even thought of that as selfish for a while because it was doing something for just me. Um, taking that time out for me and spending that effort once a week for me. Um, but I do recognize, even just talking about it now, I recognize how important that was for everybody else around me, like how much more I have to offer to those around me now that I am, my cup is filled, right? Amazing. So that's, yeah. Oh my goodness. I'm so proud of you that you made this big jump. It's uh, so awesome. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. All right. Feels pretty good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm so glad. All right. Um, where can people find out more about you if they want to hire you as their financial coach or learn more about your services or just come say hi on on the internet or on social? Yeah. 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 So I spend a lot of time on Instagram at finance coach Jennifer. Um you can, yeah, so you can find me there. Come hang out with me. I often say that to people, just come hang out with me. Um, you know, I try to post some videos once a week, uh, just giving all the financial thoughts from my brain out into the socials. So that is an amazing spot to come hang out with me. Okay. So I'll include that in the show notes if anybody wants to check that out. And do you have any final words for women, especially women who are in midlife and who have been in the same career for quite a while, who are considering a career change right now? I know that you already yeah. gave a little bit, but is there any final words or any like, let's like cheer them on a little bit? Yeah, my my advice is you got this. You got this. Surround yourself with amazing people who believe in you and you got this. That, yeah, they do. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, then thank you bad. so much for being here and sharing your story and your financial wisdom. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Peggy. And that's it for this episode of the Midlife Improvement Project. Thank you so much to my client and friend, Jennifer Hare, for being my guest and sharing her story. Remember that even if you've been on the autopilot treadmill of life, waiting for the retirement door, you can decide now to do something different if you have the itch that what you are doing is not the thing that is bringing you the most fulfillment in this life. If you get the feeling that I might be your coach and you are interested in learning more about me and my work and perhaps how we could work together, especially as you navigate the challenges and adventures of midlife, Come visit me at drpeggymalone.com forward slash coach and sign up for a complimentary 60 minute consult where we can help you to get clear on where you are, where you want to go and how to get you there. Also, I'd love it if you would come and hang out with me on Instagram. You can find me there at drpeggymalone. As usual, you'll find all the resources and links that were mentioned in today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's show and you don't want to ever miss an episode, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you usually listen. And if you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review to let me know what you think of the show and to help others find the Midlife Improvement Project. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. Mm